This week on Three Questions by Corey Kareem. What is one piece of advice you would give to the millions of people experiencing failure right now? It's necessary. It's an absolute necessary part of success. I mean, in my case, so I failed grade 11, 12 English. I dropped out of school. You know, a lot of people would consider those things failures, but it actually pushed me to turn the world into my classroom. And I think I've learned the most wisest lessons from experience on the ground. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Three Questions by Corey Kareem. Admittedly, today is really about like four or five because we have a really special guest today. Um, as you know, uh, we typically ask three questions, but today we're asking five. But we're not going to focus on the successes of this individual. We're going to talk about the failures that they've experienced and most importantly, the lessons that they learned from those uh, specific experiences. Uh, so with that being said, uh, today's guest is Pollyanna Reed. Uh, she's the founder of two companies. She's the author of not one, but two books. Uh, she's a senior contributor at Forbes and Business Insider. She's a communications advisor to both brands and high-performing executives. She's a keynote speaker. She's a mental health advocate. She's been covered by Black Enterprise, City Line, CBC, LinkedIn, Global News, Flair, Huffington Post, and Essence Magazine. Damn, girl. Damn, Gina. Remember, Martin? Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. I have to ask you this. I, I, I ask a lot of my guests when they hear like their accolades being read off like I just did right now. Like, how does that feel? Are you like sometimes are you like, damn, I did all that? Or is it more like, yeah, that's right. Or is that a combination it's, of both? It reminds me that I'm a woman who has fought for her dreams and won. Mm, well said. Well said. All right. So let's get into it. Um, so as an author, writer, entrepreneur and speaker, tell me about your most recent big failure and, and what you learned from it. Absolutely. So my most recent big failure, um, actually, my assistant called me out on my shit mm. and straight up, she told me that I was being a bitch. She told me that my attitude needed to be checked. And I'll preface with this. My assistant is in a position to do this, right? I trust her word. She's been with me probably, she's one of the longest employees I've had. Mm -hmm. And when the pandemic approached, it was a, a hard time for all of us, you know, in, in some way, shape or form. And I think those of us who are CEOs and founders, we had to change our leadership style. Mm -hmm. the, the old rules could not apply to the, could not be applied to the new landscape, um, and when I say old rules, you know, some of us may be type A personality. Some of us mm -hmm. may, some of us may be very assertive in our approach. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I had to unlearn, relearn, and learn how to be a more compassionate leader. Mm -hmm. Right? I come from a history of monster bosses um, in the corporate arena. I left my corporate job uh, January 2019. Um, I'm used to being scared into perfection. And so for many years, I guess I subscribed unconsciously, I subscribed to that tactic. And um, my assistant and I had a really great heart to heart because sometimes you need someone else to hold the mirror up to your face to show you who you really are. 
And so I actually took a leadership program, a women's leadership program at Yale for six weeks. Um, and uh, I think it's really important for all of us to humble ourselves, um, listen to critical feedback. And if you do need to hire that executive coach, take that program, you know, you know, go back to school, whatever you need to do to course correct, to show your team that you are actively proactively changing your habits. I think that's very, very important. So that's what I had to go through recently. Yeah. You know what? The executive coach, uh, personal coach, life coach, I think those are all great avenues to explore. I'm going to throw something at you. Have you ever heard of, I think it's called the Jahari window. Does that sound familiar to you? No. Tell me what's up. You're probably more familiar with the concept where it says, you know, everyone has four selves. So there are things about Pollyanna that only Pollyanna knows that no one else knows. There's things about Pollyanna that you know that other people know as well. And there's things about Pollyanna that you yourself don't know that other people know. Right. And then there's things that you've yet to discover and people have yet to discover about you. So I think what you mentioned about, you know, getting an executive coach and going through this women's leadership program is allowing you to identify or putting yourself in a position to identify things that you're not able to see maybe Correct. at all or that well at all. So kudos to you on that, on, on developing um, those skill sets. And it's and it's a process, too. Right. I don't. I don't expect to attend one class and all of a sudden be like a great leader. It's going to take time. I actually, you know, found a new therapist as well, mm. because sometimes it's not just surface level shit that's affecting us. Sometimes we have to dig deeper. So I definitely encourage anyone listening, listening, who's in a leadership position to check themselves and, and, you know, check on your team too. Absolutely. And I started therapy not, uh, not too long ago myself. Um, so tell me about a time when things weren't going your way, when everything seemed to be falling apart and nothing seemed to be working well. What did you do to get over it and ultimately through it? I promise you, I swear that's my life most days. Um, so I own an agency called The Writer's Block. It's a celebrity ghostwriting agency. Mm -hmm. My team of content ninjas, all women of color, we help the leaders and doers who are shaping the future turn their personal stories into brand assets. That means we are ghostwriting books and keynote speeches and public statements for, I mean, the world's elite. And so with that comes a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. With that comes last minute assignments. With that comes um, deliverables that will make or break our client's livelihood, mm -hmm. reputation, right? And so th that is that's a lot of pressure in itself. And so when I have to make the call, when I have to, um, you know, come to a conclusion, when I have to solve complex problems, um, it's, you constantly feel like you're putting out fires. You constantly feel like you're on a hamster wheel. Um, you may second guess yourself. Right. But, um, I have learned to make discomfort my new normal over the years. I've learned to adopt a experimental mindset and, also trust my team and trust the people that I've hired to fulfill their role and lean on their specialized expertise. Well, so, well, so I like the fact that um, that's a theme I've been running with as well, making discomfort your normal. A lot mm -hmm. of people talk about it, but it's, it's one thing to actually explore it. And there's a conversation I have with someone else where I've been saying that, you know, all our lives we've been taught to, to run away from challenges, but in actuality, um, opportunity exists where those challenges are. If you think about right. your, your business, your business is a solution to someone's problem, right? So you're right. essentially running into challenges and solving it for them. 
Um, so let's get now to, to question number three. Uh, so irrespective, or question number two, excuse me. So uh, irrespective of color, uh, gender, rank, imposter syndrome is something many of us deal with. So on your blog, you say, you know, raise your hand even if you're not qualified. So how have you been able to overcome imposter syndrome? And is it something you still deal with today? Right. So I um, failed many high school classes. I was not a scholar. Um, I dropped out of college as well. So for that reason, I have had to turn the world into my classroom. And so sometimes I have walked into environments, sat at boardroom tables, um, you know, been in meetings where, you know, that little tiny voice, because I don't have the degree, because I don't mm -hmm. have um, certain things in place that my peers have, you know, it makes, it has made me feel, speak past tense, it has made me feel like perhaps I don't measure up, perhaps mm -hmm. I'm not smart enough to participate in this conversation. Um, do I need to go back to school? You know, and so, you know, you ask, you replay that record in your head and then you are hit with a challenge, you know, you're hit with a deliverable or someone asks you to do something. And for me, I always say small things move the needle. Great things are simple. You know, I tried to really put my head down and focus on results, mm -hmm. results oriented person. And at the end of the day, numbers don't lie. So yes, I might've had that tiny voice, but I combat that with at the very least, give it a try. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Like, I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to, you know, I might have been sitting in that seat and I might have been wrestling with myself, but I don't leave the room. I don't get up and walk away. I'm really going to give it a try. And then I can make an informed decision how I want to proceed. And every time I've given it a try, I've surprised my damn self. Right. And so you just put one foot in front of the other and you gradually move out of that space. You know, every time you accomplish something or check a box or cross something off your to-do list, it gives you more confidence to pursue the next thing. Right. And I think what you're also speaking of, I heard someone say that there's something called the confidence competence loop. That's kind of a mouthful to say. So it says, if you continue to do things that you're confident in, you get confident. Mm -hmm. And then the more confident you get, it allows you to explore other things. Right. So, to, to, so when you talk about, you know, entrusting your staff, your team with things that they specialize in, it allows them to gain more confidence. Their work gets better. Then they start right. exploring into other things. So it all it all uh, works out. And so would you say that today you still deal with imposter syndrome or would you say that it's, it's something more of the past at this point in your career? Um, nah, I don't think I deal with imposter syndrome. I don't think, you know, I will be given any more than I can handle. Um, and again, I have a team. I think when I dealt with it, I was a solopreneur, okay. but now I have a team and I have trusted advisors and mentors and people I can lean on when I do have a question, when I need to make a, a, a decision that's complex and, um, self-talk is really important, right? My morning routines are very, are sacred to me. So I try to start the day, um, without picking up my phone or laptop or letting anyone else into my personal space, because you can read an article, an email, a text, mm -hmm. um, and that can change your mood and, you know, shift your vibration. hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, so let's talk about commitment. Um, cause I was going through your website, your blog. Do you believe this is why most don't succeed at what they do and and what does commitment ultimately look like to Pollyanna? I just feel like most people don't stick to anything long enough to master it. You will have people who 
will be a photographer one day, babysitter the next day, horseback rider the next day, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know, a dolphin trainer the next. And it's like, what do you actually do? Um, and then you have the conversation around how to get rich in 30 days. Like mm. I've been a writer since I could hold a pen. I've right. been a professional writer since 2011. Right. right. And so mind you, that dream has evolved in numerous ways. Songwriter, uh, songwriter, author, uh, you know, speechwriter, uh, you know, spoken word poet. It's evolved, but I've stuck essentially to the same path. And so a lot of people, you lose your credibility when you're all over the place. And I just, and I do think that you can be, um, that you don't need to be a one trick pony. However, mm-hmm. master one thing at a time. No, I and, agree. And don't rush anything. What's the rush? Like, you know, I've been in the game a very long time. So when I get new kids on the block who step to me and they're frantic, I mean, this is a long game. You cannot, you just cannot rush the process. And if you want to be a legacy brand, especially, you got to take your time, baby. 100%. And so, you know, I like the direction we're going in with how you ended that, um, that last answer. On your blog, you also say no one needs to get it but you. Mm-hmm. Why do you believe the, this philosophy is important when pursuing your goals or dreams? Because primarily, especially in Caribbean households, they will not get it. Your parents will not get it. Your teachers may not get it. Your counselors may not get it. And that was, that was the case for me. I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a creative entrepreneur. There had not been any history of creative entrepreneurs in my family. And so on paper, it just didn't make sense to them. Um, But it, your parents love you, but they don't always know what's best for you. And so if I did not listen to my gut, my intuition, my heart, I would not be where I am today. Um, but because I had the opposition actually made me fight a lot harder for my dreams. And so I'm still thankful that they challenged me mm. um, because it just made me want it that much more. Right. And I think you hit a, a couple of key points there and, and kind of like a, I don't know if I guess it's a metaphor or an example I like to use. It's like, I don't know if you have, if you have any friends with like pets or like dogs or anything like that. And sometimes mm-hmm. you'll see like a dog in the backyard he's running in circles. It looks like he's crazy. And so from your vantage point, it looks like this dog is crazy, but you can't see that there's something that he's chasing, that he's locked in, that he's focused on. Right. And I think about it the same way when we have our own personal goals, dreams, endeavors, people can't really see our vision or they don't get it. And so, you know, to them, it looks like we're crazy. Um, So I totally get your perspective on that. And so, you know, um, you're talking about working with a lot of young people that kind of want that microwave success, those people mm-hmm. that are coming, along, coming on board to your team. So in, a, in an era where so many people seem to be bothered or jaded by the success of others, especially on social media, um, why do you believe in the power of practicing gratitude? The power of practicing gratitude? I mean, if you're not grateful for what you have, then you're not going to be able to handle or even earn anything more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, small things move the needle. Great things are simple. I think it's really important to understand that your journey is yours alone. Like you can be envious of other people, but you don't know the backstory. I mean, mm-hmm. back in the day, I know guys who drove Mercedes with no insurance. Like <laughs> you just, you just never know what the backstory is or how that person achieves mm-hmm. what they have. Right. Um, when I was in high school, 
I dated a criminal or two. So I know what it's like to have all the bags and all the things and and be in the cars and have the lifestyle. And the backstory is you don't know how things were achieved. Right. So I just listen, I've lived a very full life. Okay, trust me. So for me, nothing impresses me. I I don't believe in smoke and, you know, the smoke and mirror game. And I just I don't believe the hype. I just don't. So I want to make my money honestly. I want to, if it takes me 10, 20, a hundred years, at least I can look back and I can feel good about the path that I took and I didn't take any shortcuts. Right. And I'm glad you said that. And I'm glad you, you wholeheartedly believe in that. Cause I was having this conversation with a friend the other day and I said, you know, now I'm going to sound like an old guy. Cause I was saying <laughs> this younger generation. And I think it's part of our generation as well, because yeah. we're really not that old at all. Um, the, the focus or the mantra in, you know, in our culture about getting the bag, I think is at a, <laughs> at a detriment because what it does is just focuses on just money, mm-hmm. not creating value, not how do you actually contribute to this society, right? Just mm-hmm. if you're just focusing on money, that means you're willing to do anything for it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I get it. I know I get it. Desperate. We've all been there a time or two back in the day. A hundred percent. And <laughs> you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. You know, when you're in that position, you got to do what you got to do. But I think if you're not in that position, then I think you you are kind of shortchanging yourself. And, and instead of focusing on, you know, developing a skill, um, you're, you're just, you know, I don't want to call people out, but, you know, there's good people who do stuff on OnlyFans or things like that. But anyway, <laughs> you know. I hear you. I hear you. Um, but it, like I said, it's the long game, right? If you only do things for money, right. And not the betterment of your character, how you contribute to the world, then you're just, you're just not going to be a participant. You know, you're not going to have longevity in your career. Absolutely. Um, so getting down to the last question, which is like really like a two part, like most of my questions here, uh, throughout your amazing career, uh, what has been the best lesson you believe you've learned, uh, from failing thus far? To be agile, to get up and dust yourself off. So my father is a military man and he, like, I would be on the soccer field. I used to play soccer at a very high level and I might fall. I mean, I could have broke my leg, my ankle. And he'd be like, are you dead? No. Okay. Get up. Like that's how I was conditioned and trained as an athlete. I was an athlete for several years. And so I grew up in a household where there was, and this could be a bad thing or a good thing, but I grew up in a household where like no crocodile tears were entertained. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I've kind of adapted that mindset. Um, I've adopted that mindset in some regard when it comes to failure, right? I do think it's very healthy and I'm learning in therapy. It's very healthy to be expressive and to give yourself that time and space to, to feel. But I mean, if you are working in a very fast paced environment or industry, you don't necessarily have time. Like nobody really cares about your feelings, right? You know, you, you really have to regroup, touch base with your team and, you know, recalculate your steps. Awesome. And so as a professional who makes a living helping women push through their circumstances and and ultimately bounce back, what is one piece of advice you would give to the millions of people experiencing failure right now? It's necessary. It's an absolute necessary part of success. I mean, 
in my case, so I failed grade 11, 12 English. I dropped out of school. You know, a lot of people would consider those things failures, but it actually pushed me to turn the world into my classroom. And I think I've learned the most wisest lessons from experience on the ground. Um, so in the moment, it may seem like a failure, but in hindsight, when you're able to push past it, you will understand that those things were working for you, not to you. Right. And it just reminds me of something I said, I think when I was in high school, I came up with this quote and I said, you know, through adversity comes the greatest success. Cause I believe you learn more when you fail or, you know, go through a lot more tribulations. Uh, that's just my opinion, but um, definitely agree with you with that. So Pollyanna, um, I know you're definitely out there in the media. Where can people find you if they want to get a hold of you, work with you? Uh, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, absolutely. So pollyannareed.com, uh, newgirlontheblock.com, which, which is my mentorship program, and the writer's block without the C.com for my ghostwriting services. Awesome. Awesome. And so guys, as I always like to say, if you want to impress people, talk about your wins, your successes, the things you've got. But if you really want to have an impact on people's lives, talk about your failures and the lessons that you've learned from those experiences. So until next time, Pollyanna and I are out. Peace and love, guys. Awesome.